three, two, one. You are now listening to the Heartbeat Show podcast. Enjoy the show. Everybody, this is Tim Hart, branch manager of Van Dyke Mortgage here in Fort Myers, Florida. Hope all's well out there. I got a friend of mine today. We're going to be talking servant leadership in business, Jimmy Akers. Jimmy, how you doing, sir? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. good. Jimmy, we've, uh, we became friends probably in the last couple of years, I'd say, introduced and follow you on Facebook, gotten to know you. Um, and you're a straight up great guy. Like I, I, I watch you on Facebook, do your thing. All your posts are positive, uplifting, funny, insightful, and you do a great job out there. And so I was pumped, man, when you agreed to talk about servant leadership and just have a conversation with me so people can kind of get to know you and uh, get some nuggets from you. So, Jimmy, thanks for being on today, buddy. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I think I'm going to copy and paste that intro uh, for future things I do just because it sounded really great. (laughs) Please do. You deserve it, man. You're a great guy. You're good. Well, you know, the thing is, man, in my life, I've learned a couple of things. One of those being that if you're going to go through it, you can grow through it and you can help other people do the same. So a lot of times when I'm sharing encouraging stuff, it's, uh, it's something I want other people to hear, but it's something I needed to hear. And so, uh, you know, there's a, a passage in the Bible where it talks about David encouraging himself in the Lord. And he had royally screwed up right before that passage was written. And uh, he didn't have anybody else coming beside him to encourage him. And sometimes I got to do the same. And so a lot of times when I'm sharing stuff, people are like, man, that meant so much to me. That really helped me. That really encouraged me. I'm really glad to hear that. I'm hoping that it makes an impact. But most of the time, it's stuff I need to hear myself. So I'm just trying to, to share it as I'm going through it, too. I love it. I love it. Hey, Jimmy, before we get jamming, because I could see us going right into it right away after that little bit. But uh, tell uh, fill everyone in, uh, you know, what you do around Fort Myers, who you work with. Let yeah. us know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, first and foremost, um, I'm a husband and I am a uh, stepfather to an incredible eight-year-old boy. And, um, but uh, vocationally, I serve in two categories. Um, I work for a church, First Christian Church of Fort Myers downtown, right off of McGregor. And, um, and I also serve with a international mission sending agency called New International. And at the church, uh, I'm one of the pastors on staff. I work with uh, helping to uh, organize our small group leaders, encourage them as they're trying to create community and help people. I'm also on our, our teaching team, and I do a lot of the pastoral care. Um, so I'll do hospital visitations. People are struggling, meet with them, try to be an encouragement as people are walking through difficult seasons. And with the mission agency specifically, I work with our child sponsorship program in Kenya, um, right outside of Narok, um, some rural villages, kids there. And so I travel to speak to try to get kids sponsored there. So uh, kind of have my hand in an international uh, opportunity to serve people and then doing so locally as well. Hmm. Cool, cool, man. Well, so you came on and it was funny, like we were kind of texting and talking like 10 minutes ago about, hey, what? <laughs> so I was like, what do you want to talk about? Because like, I feel like you and I could probably talk about a lot of different things and, and uh, let it roll. But uh, I think the topic and you texted back about have been servant leadership or or serving in business, however someone wants to put it. And I love that, man. And so uh, are you okay with starting to dive into that? Yeah, absolutely, man. 
Yeah. So with the servant leadership, so from your point of view, with what you do, because you just, you know, listed off a ton of situations where you see people, you know, in business or in their personal life, sometimes at their worst or at like their lowest moments of, you know, whether it's grief, despair, you know, whatever they got going on, you know, loss, all that. And so a lot of times in business, it's the same stuff. You know, it's not on the level of like losing a loved one, but when things are struggling at your job, especially if you own a business, like there's a lot of levels of, you know, you go through all those grief levels and stuff. And so the servant leadership really does come to mind with that. So what would be some of your suggestions for people in business that want to have that servant leadership type mentality? Like what are some sure. nuggets for them? Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple things for me that um, really have kind of guided me over the years and what I do. Um, I've been in this uh, role, I guess you could say, pastoral ministry. Um, but sometimes when I talk to people and maybe they don't really have any clue about church or um, God or faith or even what a pastor does, I'll, I'll say, well, I'm in human resources. And well, what does that mean? Well, I work with humans. <laughs> I try to walk with people and meet people at their points of need. But a couple of things that have kind of guided me over the years, because uh, just like your job can be stressful, my job can be stressful too, because we're in the people business. And I think the thing about business, uh, whether you are doing work like I do and uh, from a faith perspective or vocationally in the work you do when it comes to mortgages and those kinds of things, helping people financially with get homes. Um, you know, the thing is we're in the people business. And so mm -hmm. I think it's important to keep that and in kind of at the top of your mind and to understand that just as much as me or you feel and go through things, they do too. You know, sometimes you'll go to a restaurant and you'll get a server that's not as mindful of you. And maybe, maybe even they're kind of short with you. And every once in a while, it's just somebody that doesn't really care that much about their job or whatever. Most of the time, though, they have just dealt with a number one jerk uh, uh, in, the, in the community right before you. And it's now overflowed into your, you know, your, your experience. And so, you know, and I'll be with people and they're like, man, they're not getting a good tip. And uh, I'm like, well, if you've ever had anybody in your family as a server, you know, they don't make hardly anything, if anything, hourly. And um, yeah, maybe they're not they're not earning the tip, but possibly you could change their day by actually being generous to give them a good tip. Well, we're in the people business. And so you're in the people business and most businesses are in the people business. So I think keeping that in mind is that we uh, are serving people that are imperfect just as much as we are. Yeah. And that kind of helps keep things in perspective. And another big thing um, is gratitude. I get to do this. And, you know, the thing is, is that I think it makes a big difference uh, when you enjoy what you do. There are a lot of people that don't love their jobs. And, uh, and I, I can understand that. I've had jobs over the years that that was true of me as well. But the thing that I came to understand was, well, not everybody has a job. I, I have the ability to go get a job. Well, in our culture right now, it seems to be there's a lot of uh, places that actually need workers and helpers and, and folks don't seem to be stepping up to some of those positions. And there are varying reasons and a lot of people that call themselves experts speaking into that and kind of making assumptions as to why. And I don't have the answer for all of that. But the truth is, is even if the job is not ideal, if you have the physical capacity to get out of bed and have the resources to get to a place of employment, you're blessed. 
And so I think gratitude makes a massive difference in all of that. And it affects the way that we work. It affects the way that we serve. Um, so I think just understanding that you're serving people just like yourself. And maybe you're meeting people at a point of need and they don't even realize it. You know, um, I, Tim, I know my relationship with you really started because I was in the process of buying my first home in the middle of pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, my bank that I've had for years just gave me the runaround. Customer service experience was awful. They never communicated anything. And somebody had recommended a mortgage guy. And at the time, he wasn't able to help me. And he gave me your name. And, you know, and it was such a, there was such a massive gap of a difference between my experience with my bank and my experience with you. And in the end, my bank came back and said, yeah, we can get you to closing. But because of the experience, I couldn't trust that. And I felt confident. I mean, you guys got us to closing within 10 days, I think, of our relationship. And my bank had months <laughs> to get us there. So I just felt like you guys saw us where we were. And, you know, I remember one thing, and this is not an infomercial for Tim, even though it is his podcast. He's not oh, asking to say any of this. Too. Don't you worry, buddy. <laughs> and Tim <laughs> didn't pay me to say any of this, too. This is just the truth. I was in a situation where we had had an appraisal done in, in the thing that we were uh, doing. And then you had had an appraisal done for us because you were the one that was going to take us to closing. And at the end with financing, they wanted the original appraisal. And whereas you could have charged me for the appraisal because you know, technically somebody did that, you took that off of my bill. Now, it wasn't thousands of dollars, but the point is, is to me, you met me at my point of need. There was frustration there. I didn't even ask for that. But to me, that was a way of you kind of going above and beyond. On top of the fact that you got us to closing, you actually, you know, discounted something because the other bank uh, messed us up. And so, you know, that's the thing with serving, man. I, I just think at the end of the day, if you serve somebody, you're not going to go to bed upset. You know, you, you can go to bed in peace knowing, man, I did the best I could to serve that person. And so, uh, yeah, I, I just think going the extra mile, there's a, there's a passage of scripture that comes to mind. Jesus actually talked about when somebody compels you to go one mile, go a second. And I was at a leadership conference years ago, early on in ministry, and it wasn't a pastor's conference or a church conference. It was just a leadership conference. And there was somebody there uh, that was a, a leader of a pretty large organization, and he actually shared this passage. He was uh, the only person at that leadership conference to pull out a Bible, and uh, he said, I know there's a lot of people in the room that aren't people of faith or Christians or whatever, just like there may be people watching this episode right. in the same way. But he said, I want to teach you a principle, and he shared that passage um, where he talked about, you know, when somebody compels you to go one mile, go the second mile. And he made this statement, and it was so powerful. This is Matthew 5, 41 uh, as a reference point. And he said this. He said, the, the work that we do, many people would look at it as a one-mile industry. We've decided to go the second mile in a one-mile industry, which, help, which has helped us stand out. And the truth is, is that organization, that is how they operate. But I was able to actually see that uh, tangibly. And it made complete sense. And it's like, man, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm willing to go the second mile, it's going to make a difference in somebody's life. It's going to make their life better. Yeah. It's going to make the experience better. And the truth is, Tim, I've sent other people to you because of my experience with you. And so regardless of what you do for your job, uh, in your family, in your community, regardless of what your role is, 
you go the second mile, eventually somebody's going to pay attention. It may be your customers. It may be a child in your life that, that drives you nuts. But one day when they're adult, they're going to look back and be like, I remember that. You know, I remember my dad, yeah. me and my dad haven't always had the greatest relationship. I've worked really hard to do a lot of repair work uh, with him. Um, but I remember whenever I had a hard time with my dad as a teenager, I would remember as a kid when my dad was going to school to try to get his electrical journeyman's license. And in order to help keep food on our table, he was delivering Domino's pizza at night. And he wasn't proud of that. He wasn't walking around telling people how he's driving around in our little escort until 11 o'clock at night delivering pizzas. But he made sure we had food on the table. I remember that version of my dad and I hold on to that. And I believe that's part of why me and my brothers have the work ethic that we do is because we saw that in my dad and we saw that in my mom. And so- yeah. You know, you don't ever know who's paying attention. It might be your kids. It may be your neighbor. It might be, you know, a customer that you're serving. It might be a boss. You know, um, there's a, a boss that I had one time. I got a raise um, that wasn't scheduled. I wasn't anticipating it. And I just said, man, I really appreciate that. I said, uh, you know, especially in the work that I do, it can be hairy sometimes. And I said, you know, you know that I didn't just come for a paycheck. And he made the point. He said, yeah, that's why I gave you a raise. Right. He said, because you're not working. He said, you're doing more work than what I'm paying you for. I, this is a way for me to kind of say thank you. I can't actually pay you for the job that you're doing. I don't have that the resources to do that, but I do want to show appreciation. And uh, there's a guy named Rabbi Daniel Lappin, and he calls money certificates of appreciation with dead president's faces on it. And, uh, and he said, man, he said, if you if you serve enough people, eventually you will be rewarded with more certificates of appreciation with dead president's faces on it. And that's the truth is that resources will come uh, the more that you serve. And uh, that's not maybe maybe not a primary motivation, but it is a way that we put food on the table to take care of our families. Yeah, well, it's first one. Thanks for jamming there, buddy. So like you, uh, that was great. We said, I thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, but you mentioned servant leadership and, you know, our, our views are, I say are like my team, you know, our, my, our, my growth and, and business, like it changed years ago, probably like six, five or six years ago, I think. And, uh, a, a sales manager of ours at Van Dyke, Brian level, shout out to him. Um, he signs off on everything he does and he always says and don't forget i'm always here to serve i'm always here to serve i'm all and he said it all the time and then i got into like uh you ever listen to jim roan r-o-h-n old yeah. 80s like motivational guy yeah and he talks about value and adding value to marketplace adding value to marketplace serving your customers and it all kind of started clicking with you know us playing the long game you know, like we can't be just a transactional, hey, Jimmy, thanks, boom, one and done. See you later, buddy. You know, wish you well. And, you know, we've got to play the long game by adding value back into the marketplace and finding unique and creative ways to do that and, and just trying to come from the mindset of how do we serve this person that wants to buy this home or refinance their mortgage? How do we serve this referral partner that we, you know, constantly ask for business? <laughs> like, what, what yeah. are we doing that like wants him to send it, bring his business? And yeah. so we always, <clears throat> I always call it playing the long game. Yeah. You know, like you can't, especially in where we're at Southwest Florida, this is like, you know, it's a large town, but it's also super small. You know, it. Yeah. like, yeah. you know, how many people we've run into that know each other, you know, that, Oh, you know, Jimmy, yeah, I know Jimmy. Oh, you know, Tim. Yeah. You know, like we all know each other, 
And when you screw up, you can do it once or twice, yeah. But if you become that person that's known for it, you're done. Like, you know, once you get into that, where you have that reputation. So, you know, this servant leadership stuff you're talking about, I love it. Well, the thing is, man, is I can give other examples. Uh, you know, I mean, the reason why when we needed to refinance and made the decision to refinance with our mortgage uh, to try to get the PMI off and, and, and make some better decisions. And just because the numbers came down on our percentage rate was we called you first. Um, and, and it's because we had a trusted relationship. I get my bank that I still bank with. I have two banks, the, the bank that I started the mortgage process with which was the only one that I did because I've never had a mortgage previous to last year. I've run it almost my entire life. Um, but um, they send me uh, opportunities <laughs> to go into debt with them every single week. They are wasting postage. Uh, and I've tried two different scenarios to work with them and it hasn't worked out. And they're, they're currently my bank, but I'm not going to play that game anymore because they haven't, they haven't, they haven't served me well. You know, right. where I, whereas I feel like as a customer to them, I've been a client of theirs for years now, and they have not reciprocated that. There's a uh, appliance services and an AC company off of Orange River Road. Um, you know, this is a, one of those industries when people would talk about the one mile industry, you go the second mile. Man, if, if you uh, have any kind of skill and you can start an appliance company, there's a massive gap in customer service in that industry. Um, I have always had issues with appliance companies. And when I, we moved here, we had an issue with our fridge. And man, I had, I had three or four different companies, took forever to get stuff scheduled, finally had something scheduled, they dropped. My fridge was on its way out that night. I knew it wasn't gonna make it through the night. And this company after hours answered the phone and then within two hours had a tech at my house. Well, guess what? When I had an issue with my dryer, I didn't call anybody else, I called them. Yeah. Within 24 hours, they had a guy. They are my rec. They're going to be my guys. Johnny Myers off of Fort Myers, um, off of I'm sorry, off of uh, Fowler Street in Fort Myers. It's a little tire auto automotive shop. They don't do everything, but one time I took a vehicle in there, and you know most places charge a diagnostic fee, and they actually had my uh, vehicle almost all day. They took it out for several test drives trying to find an intermittent issue, and it was a big deal. It was basically you know. Do we send this thing out to pasture or put her down? You know, we we're trying to figure that out with this particular vehicle. And I said, well, how much do I owe you? And they said, ma'am, you don't have, you don't owe us anything today. And I said, yeah, but you have a diagnostics fee. They said, we do, but we'd rather have you as a customer for a lifetime than a customer for a day. Yeah. And guess what? Every time I have an issue, Johnny Myers gets my business yeah. first. And right. they recommend me when there's stuff they can't do to other people. But those guys are guys of integrity. They always stick to the appointment time. They, they'll go out of their way. And man, when I have an it doesn't matter what it is. Even if I know they can't maybe fix it, if a transmission or whatever, I will call them first, let them give me the, their opinion, and then trust their recommendation because they have proven to go a second mile in a one-mile industry. And, uh, and because of that, they get my business. And because of that, they get my recommendation. And so I think it can stand out in whatever it is you do. You know, it, it, it doesn't have to be mortgages, uh, the church world. You know, the truth is, man, is that, um, you know, I, I love being a part of the body of Christ. And there are churches all over Southwest uh, Florida, you know, but one of the things that we, the Big C Church, need to improve in is how well we're serving our community. 
And our church doesn't always get it right. We're, we're people, we're trying to, you know, but the thing is, is that we, we talk about this. We value people over programs. So there are situations and times where we have protocols in the way that we process certain things. And then sometimes you got to throw that out the window because, man, we want to we want to walk with this person, you know, and there's a situation with the gentleman right now I'm walking with. And man, he's really going through it, uh, Tim. And the thing is, the needs he has, I can't meet. The needs he has. Uh, right now, tangible needs he has. Our church is not capable of meeting them. But I, I called him yesterday, and just and I said, "Man, I said he said I said how are you doing?" He said, "Well, he said, man, I'm I'm still going through this, and I don't know what." He said, "But man, I really appreciate your call. Why did you call me?" And I said, "I just want you to know you're not alone." And so, you know, even if it's you know maybe answering a question for somebody that you're not necessarily making money off of today, six months from now. When they can benefit from how you add value into their life because of the service that you provide, you'll probably be the one they call because you're the one that answered them when you couldn't get anything from it. Yeah, no, no doubt. What what kind of advice would you give to, um, you know, I, I always consider business owners in the same, I always consider salespeople, you know, 100% commission people, like they don't own their business, but they kind of do, you know? Yeah. So like, what would you recommend to people like that that are going through hard times like uh, we're not in a down market right now i mean like to be honest there's jobs everywhere and things are <clears throat> kind of booming um but like what i went through personally 08 you know 2007 2008 2009 you know oh my gosh lost you know down to like you know pennies basically consulting with a bankruptcy attorney, all types of stuff, man. And we, my wife and I were able to make it out, but those scars run deep, you know, sure. and from that time. And so like, what do you recommend to people that are like that way, like that, that are down, like either maybe they're going through divorce in their business or, you know, a partner's breaking up or just can't seem to find their groove. Like, what do you, what do you recommend to people like that? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think the biggest thing, it's just something that feel like God's spoken to my life years ago to, to share with others is don't do life alone. And so regardless of what you're doing, you know, as a business owner, you're trying to get better or trying to make it through, find somebody that's more successful than you and reach out to them and just say, man, I'm going through this. Have you ever gone through this? Or can you recommend somebody that's going through this that can help me walk through this situation? There are times, I literally had a situation this week that I called a pastor friend and I'm, I'm walking with the family through something and I called him and I said, man, I'm dealing with this thing. I know you've, you've shared something with this about this kind of situation before. Can you just help me navigate that? You know, and obviously, um, you know, I will be a proponent of encouraging people to, to check out a faith community if they're not a part of that already. I feel like uh, most of my great relationships that have been lifelong have come because of being connected to a church or some kind of faith community. For some people, it's a recovery thing. You know, there's something out there called Celebrate Recovery. And whether you're going through a divorce or struggling with addiction or whatever, it's a free resource that's offered at, at communities, faith communities all over the, the country. Um, you know, and there are things like that for divorce. But just don't do life alone. Find somebody that you can talk to, that you can walk with. I'm a big proponent for counseling. Even as a pastor, you know, I have faith in God and he walks with me and navigates things. Jesus is even Amen. called a wonderful counselor in scripture. But the truth is, bro, is that the Bible also talks about that there's wisdom in multitude counselors. So 
I, you know, I, I, I've gone to counseling multiple times over my life. Uh, I, I recommend people, you know, talk to somebody, but don't do life alone. I think that's a, that's a big component. And whether you're a faith-based person or not, regardless of what you're doing, if you are struggling, don't struggle by yourself. You know, there's somebody out there that's going through what you're going through and they can walk with you. And maybe you look down, their footprints are in the mud right in front of you. They're just dry. And so they've already walked your path. Maybe they can encourage you. So, yeah, I think not doing the life alone is a big deal. And uh, like I said, the faith community is, is a great way to get plugged into that. But uh, there's a lot of opportunities there. I think people, you know, one of the biggest things in this pandemic time, me and my pastor had a conversation about this about seven months into it last year. We have had more conversations with people over this course of this pandemic. Um, and at this point now, we're, we're almost two years deep into this, right? Um, we're about, you know, 20 months in the U.S. of dealing mm -hmm. with this. Um, we have had more conversations with people about addiction, depression, anxiety, suicide. More, I've had more conversations in less than two years than I have in the last 16 years of ministry. And... That's because of isolation. That's because of fear. That's because there are people dealing with, even people that financially aren't impacted by this pandemic, maybe they've lost someone that they loved, um, or just that fear and anxiety of what's, uh, you know, I never thought, and Sam, I think most of us would say this, that they would be able to shut down the entire world. Like when, when the pandemic first started hitting overseas, I was actually in India and Sri Lanka. And so when I'm, when I'm coming back, I'm getting messages like, are you guys okay? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what was happening and the conversations that were already starting to happen from the White House and our government and all those kinds of things about what was kind of building. And so a lot of people are hurting. And if you're hurting, don't do life alone, man. You know, find somebody that you can walk with, that you can be honest with, um, you know, and I think that's really, really, really important. Yeah. Well, I, I love that, man. That's a good stuff because I, you know, being faith-based myself, you know, anytime I went through and we went through something later or a few months ago and dude, without my faith, I don't know where I would have been. You sure. know, I really don't. I, I, I feel like I would have been massively lost without that to fall back on, you know, like I know despair, depression, all that stuff would have been right. It was like right there, ready. And, yeah. you know, thank God for faith. But everyone's different, you know. So, but it definitely helped me out. And you know what keeps coming to mind with me, though, when you're talking about the fear and the anxiety? Um, and I, I don't want to take this to the political way, but like, turn the news off. You know, Absolutely. like, that's, I just, man, I, I tune in once in a while, like, for a few a minute i'm like oh get me out of here like dude you're gonna get the news <laughs> like you're gonna know what's going on out there you'll find out by other people but that man the the maybe the national media you know your cnn your foxes msnbc's like i don't care where you lean politically these people are there to keep your eyes on there and they want you in fear they want you in anxiety they want you to stay tuned in and unplug from that news holy absolutely God. well and there's been times man i mean i use social media primarily as an outlet to encourage people i share some funny things some funny memes you do too sometimes for me i just throw that stuff out there because it's just you know uh, the bible actually talks about that laughter is like good medicine and so yeah, you know I, yep. I you know just try to encourage people make people laugh a little bit and then throw out inspirational stuff 
but I really try to curate some of my content. And I know when I'm having a rough day, when I'm scrolling, like it will impact me because I'm scrolling and I'm just taking it in. And there's been several times where I'm just going into the, the news feed of Facebook where they kind of highlight the top 25 things, you know, and I've counted before and it's like, man, 23 of the 25 are negative. Uh-huh. Uh, the one of the two that's not negative doesn't really have a bearing one way or the other. And right. the other one's buried at the bottom, you know, and uh, I've actually done that to where a lot of my news I actually get from Twitter. And here's the only reason why uh, with Twitter, um, it's 140 characters. <laughs> so I figured if, if well, I, I pick the sources I want to stay connected to, and it's not all stuff I just like or agree with, it's opposing viewpoints too. But I'm just like, well, at 140 characters, I, you know, I, I just take a little sip of that. Okay, I, that's enough of me for me to know. I need to pray for these people. I'm good with this. I'm not going to read that garbage, whatever the situation is. Right. But, but I think it's a massive thing, man, because the truth is, is the way that we think and what we process and what we intake, you know, kind of like your diet. They talk about garbage in, garbage out. I've been on a lifelong health journey that most of it I have failed. In 38 years, most of my 38 years, I have not eaten, eaten the right things, drank the right things, and my body has been impacted by it. So I'm constantly restarting, getting back on, you know, I'm back on again, I'm 11 days in back on my health journey again. Well, the thing is with that garbage in garbage out, you know, and even just 11 days, the stuff that I've changed and I'm putting into me, my body feels that I'm resting better. I have more energy. My blood sugar is dropping and, and regulating. My weight is coming down. Like all of the benefits, my acid reflex is gone because I'm not taking as much garbage my body doesn't have to process as much garbage. It's the same thing with our minds, man. And we just got to be mindful because everything is fighting for our attention. And yeah, um, yeah. everything, yeah. you know, and I love, I love the computer in my pocket. Right now. Yeah, I, I love the computer in my pocket. I love the fact that I'm Zooming with you right now on my computer, but I could also go outside and do it from my phone. I could do it from a parking lot. I love being connected to my brothers in India in Sri Lanka and our team in Africa. I love being able to have conversations with people like that and not have to have a, uh, a long distance card that you had to buy from a shady gas station and pay $25 to talk for two minutes. Like technology has taken us really far. I love the fact that I can order my food from my phone and drive through and pick it up in three seconds. I love all of that stuff. But man, this, this can completely take us away from what's in front of us presently. And so as much as it can keep us connected, it can keep us disconnected from the things that matter. So I agree with you, man. I think that sometimes we live in a fear pool and anxiety pool. And if we would just get out of the water, it would help. Amen. Well, hey, good talk. Good conversation. Um, We could do this a lot. I could see. I, I was itching to bring up the metaverse as you're talking about like, you know, the, the social media and stuff, but I don't want to go down that tangent right now, Jimmy, not yet. Um, <laughs> the virtual world. So, yeah. um, dude, I appreciate you being on. Where can uh, people connect with you? If they want to you know, learn more about Jimmy. Yeah, honestly, the easiest way, I mean, you could you look me up on socials and Jimmy acres, but the easiest way is don't do life It's got links for all of my stuff, my missions page. Um, I have a podcast too, the keep breathing podcast. Um, there's a lot of ways to to connect with me. Um, and it's funny for me, Tim, the reason why I do all that stuff, one is I'm very entrepreneurial in my brain. So, man, I got 5,000 ideas a day. Like if I could get one of them to stick, 
Like, man, I'd be, yeah. I'd be awesome. Um, right. But I'm, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer at heart. It's the way I'm a creative. It's the way that God made me. So I got a lot of things that I'm doing all the time. Sometimes I'll blog for a couple months and then I won't touch my blog for six months. All of that stuff is at don't do life alone.com. Okay. Is your, is your podcast on like iTunes and Spotify and stuff? Yep. Yeah. The keep breathing podcast. I'm pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can go to keep but there's also a link for that on the don't do life alone.com yep. website. Yep. Well, guys, we'll, we'll be sure to put that, uh, the link to that website into the show notes there as well. So y'all have it. Um, Jimmy, Hey, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks, sir. Yeah, absolutely, bro. And I, I appreciate what you do for the community, man. And, uh, you know, the one thing about you, Tim, is, is, is that even just in the short period of time that I've known you, there's a lot of people that I know and trust that have had good interactions with you and that speaks well of you. And, uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I appreciate the way that you served our family, you know, and, um, for anybody that's listening to this, you know, regardless of what you are doing vocationally, with your family, you have an opportunity to serve. It might be your neighbor. You know, there might be some trash in your neighbor's yard. You could go up. They may never see that, but it doesn't change the fact that you had an opportunity to be a blessing to them. Wherever you're at, you know, you may have a bad server. Make it a point that before you leave, you want to turn their day around. You may be have the opportunity to do that. Uh, there's been times where I've had a, a server that's clearly not with it, upset, overwhelmed. And sometimes I'll just say, hey, man, um, is there anything I can pray for you about? And I've, I mean, literally male and female alike, I've had them in the moment just break down at my table. And, and, and the reason why, and just like the guy that I called yesterday, that I can't physically, tangibly help his need. People want to be seen. And for those of you that are in the business world, especially your customers, even the most frustrating ones, they want to be seen and heard. And there are some situations you're just not going to win, right? There are some people you're not going to convince them to, to think you're awesome, no matter what you do. But the majority of people, if you will just take the time to slow down, make them feel seen or heard, it will make a difference. And maybe that could result in you also having the opportunity to serve them with your business and get more certificates of appreciation with that president's face. Certificates of appreciation. I love it. Hey, Jimmy, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming on. You guys connect with Jimmy if you want to learn more. Uh, we put these, uh, we try to put content out like this uh, about every other week. So uh, if you like this stuff, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we, it's like Jimmy, we have a podcast out there. It's on iTunes, Spotify, all that fun stuff. And I would uh, be doing a disservice if I didn't mention, I do mortgages for a living. So if you happen to listen to this and you want to, own a home or you want to refinance your current mortgage, we'd be happy to help you. Uh, reach out to me anytime, 239-437-4278. Website's timhartjr.com. And again, as Jimmy says, uh, and my boy Brian Lovell, we're here to serve. So we appreciate all y'all. Thank you for watching and have a great day. Thanks, Jimmy, man. See you, buddy. Yes, sir. My pleasure. All right, dude. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Heartbeat Show podcast.